When last we left our heroes, they had been pursued relentlessly by the pirate captain Nupo and her men. They'd managed to track the party through the jungle with the use of her familiar, but the party did manage to suss that out. They managed to kill the familiar, and now they've hidden in the jungle. The plan is to let the pirates move past them, and then, under cover of darkness, sneak out with the druid's canoe to the water and make for the mainland under cover of darkness. Unfortunately, when Voss, the shadow sorcerer, steps out to see what's happening, she discovers that in the time they were hiding, the jungle itself had surrounded them. Using these living vines, they were animating corpses of recently killed pirates, as well as ancient skeletons and other nastier things. That's the dilemma that my party finds themselves as we begin session two. How are they going to deal with the jungle, evade the pirates, and get off the island? This is Anatomy of a Campaign. Session two is really only about three things, or I should say there's only three things that I really want to accomplish. Primarily, it's about putting the options in front of them and seeing what happens. This isn't really so much about steering them in any direction. In fact, I think I don't want to steer them. I want to let them pick and choose based on the information that they have. And those options are, are they going to continue to push to get off the island? And there's sub-options within that. Or are they going to be tempted by some of the options on the island? And all of this comes to a head in the opening encounter, which has been set up per the end of the last session. And that's really the, the second major thing that we have to handle. I don't know that I'd call it a mandated combat, but it's certainly going to look that way. I've already built the battle map, and basically they're surrounded by these living zones of entanglement, as well as these strange corpses that are within the, the vines themselves. Additionally, I'm placing nearby a squad of pirates who are searching for the party. And I'm doing that, believe it or not, as a means to release a little bit of the pressure off that uh, particular encounter. What I mean by that is I can have the pirates stumble upon the combat with the jungle vines and the corpses if I feel that the party's in trouble, essentially splitting the attention of the deadly jungle vines. I'm not sure it'll necessarily come to that, but I like to have my options. And in addition, I think it would be great for them to actually directly engage, even in a, a small way, with, with the pirates at this stage. Depending on what they do in that encounter, specifically depending on how they move, if they fall back, they're going to discover some ruins. They're going to discover a, a, a means to go below ground. There's a ruined cobblestone road, there's the ruins of a structure, and there's a well, and if they go down the well, it's going to lead them into a cavern system. Within the cavern system, there's going to be the opportunity to take a short rest when they first arrive. And that's something that I can't really telegraph to them. I don't know that they would suspect that, but it gets them out of direct conflict with the jungle itself, and it potentially gets them out of direct conflict with the pirates, at least for a short while. 
Now, I don't know if a long rest is something that would necessarily work. If they tried to do it, of course, there would have to be random encounters. So I'll need to prepare for that as well. But this addresses two of the main things that I have to cover within the next session. Primarily, it's getting the party to make a decision on what is the movement forward. Is it really we're going to fight our way through this jungle, fight our way to the water and make for the mainland? Or are we going to pull back from the direct conflict in front of us and take this other option, which could be far more deadly than the one that they're currently facing. That's kind of the horns of the dilemma, and they're going to have to make that choice. Either way, I think it'll generally be fine, and I, I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch this band of adventurers argue their way through to a decision. But there is a third thing that I want to cover, and it's how I intend to kick off the session. I'm not going to ask them to roll initiative. I'm not going to open up on the battle map. What I'm going to do is I am going to start with a flashback scene. I know I sort of threatened to do that as part of the first session, and the opportunity really never presented itself. However, I think what I'm going to do is sort of switch gears and set up a little bit on why the dwarf Constantine was assigned to do this. And I'm going to start with a flashback between the dwarf Constantine and his handler within the Thieves Guild, a gentleman by the name of Miggs Tenfingers, where Miggs is giving him advice on how to handle this, his first real important assignment. What I'm hoping this will convey is, number one, it'll give a little bit of a sense for what life is like over in Outpost 9. It'll give everyone a sense for what was driving them coming to this island in the first place. It will very likely deepen the mystery around what's inside the iron coffer that Constantine is holding. And it will also hopefully put more motivation or, you know, behind making it back or maybe even just finding out what is inside the coffer. Additionally, it will serve to remind everyone of the overarching plot and structure and hopefully do it in a fun way. So that gives me two things that I'm kicking off with. The first is this flashback scene between the dwarf Constantine and his handler within the Thieves Guild. I'm going to let everyone hear that as it, as it unfolds. Everyone's sort of a grown-up. My whole stance on when to keep information secret from the players is more let everyone kind of know what's going on and just assume that they'll be good about with not acting on information that their character's not supposed to have. I think it's kind of fun to hear the, the whole story, though, and I, I think it would be useful for everyone to hear this exchange between Constantine and Miggs. It won't be long, it'll be pretty quick, and it'll hopefully serve to deepen what's going on in the plot line right at that moment. From there, we're going to jump right into essentially the battle map, and I'm going to point out, okay, this is where... Voss, you're standing in the jungle. This is where the rest of the party is about 30, 40, maybe 50 feet behind you hiding with the canoe. And here's what you can see, and it's going to include an awful lot of these moving living vines as well as corpses within the vines that are potentially threatening. Now, they're not right on top of her. I don't want to put her in a position where she's immediately under direct threat, but it is pretty much a role for initiative scenario as far as everyone is concerned. What will she convey back to the, the group, and how will they choose to deal with this? The vines won't be moving very fast, but the map I constructed in Roll20 is fairly massive, and if they try to go around it, they're going to find that to be a fairly fruitless endeavor because, well, they're surrounded by the entire jungle. If they decide to pull back from the vines, go deeper into the jungle, they're going to discover those ruins, and then they're really going to have a choice to make. And those are the two things that kick off the session 
it's not really that complicated. What they do after that, though, puts me in a little bit of a pickle. The thing I'm most concerned about is if they decide to somehow break through the jungle vines, navigate their way back to the beach, and then get to the water, my sense is their plan is to try to take a two-person canoe with all five of them back to the mainland. It's about 15 miles of open water between this island and Outpost 9, and ultimately they'll be going through something called the Bay of Fins, and those aren't dolphin fins that are in there, they're shark fins. Now, I'd always been concerned about this whole canoe scenario because the druid character, Mir, the player for the druid character, seems to be insisting that it'll be a tight fit, but they should be able to, to squeeze in and do it. And I'm not really sure. Uh, five people, most of which have no sailing experience, all latched on to a small two-person canoe. I know they could navigate some water, and I guess they could be hanging off the side in the water. I can't imagine all five of them could actually fit inside the canoe. None of them are small. These are all full-size medium characters with armor and equipment and all that kind of good stuff. So if that remains the plan, I could rapidly find myself dealing with the dangers of trying to navigate around a small island in a tiny, extremely overstuffed boat. And I have to be honest, that does not strike me as a wildly fun session. But this is D&D and everyone gets to make the decisions they make, and I suppose we'll just try to figure it out from there. I think if it comes down to it, just for the sake of getting us to something that is uh, fun to play again, I might have them run into another boat which could potentially pick them up and sail them back into Outpost 9. Which brings us to the two core choices that they have to really deal with. The first is, are they going to remain dogged in their intent to get to the water with the canoe? Or are they going to be deterred and retreat further back into the jungle? If they decide to remain dogged in going to the water with the canoe, they're going to have to figure out a concerted way to get through the jungle vines without anyone getting overly damaged, getting themselves through or around the pirates that are hunting for them, and then stealth their way to the water. If they get in the water and are spotted by one of the pirate ships, specifically Captain Nupo's ship, they're going to be harried, and then this is going to really be about a very small canoe being assaulted by a fairly large pirate frigate. And there's no version of that that's going to go well. If they make it to, if they manage to stealth their way to the water, like I said, then we'll have to deal with mostly how do we handle five people in a two-person canoe and what that would actually mean on the open water. Alternatively, if they pull deeper into the jungle, my sense is we're going to find ourselves down in those caves. If they decide to not go down into the caves and go even deeper into the jungle, I have a couple of contingency plans. And by contingency plans, what I mean is they're going to run into some very nasty stuff, and it's not going to go well for them. This is not a jungle that they're capable of handling at first level. Why did I put them there then? Well, I think I've done a very good job of telegraphing how dangerous this jungle is, and for the most part, every single one of the players really understands that. I think a couple of them are very curious about some of the things deeper in this jungle, and absolutely they could come back when they're higher level and really go exploring and get into some rollicking adventures here, and I'm hoping we get to do that. But for now, I think the best thing would either be to go down into the caves and hide out, or to actually make this run for the water with the canoe. 
If they go down into the caves, I have that map all set up. I have a general idea of what they'll run into down there. I think it'll be somewhat level appropriate. They'll get to take some rests. I think they may even be able to get to take a long rest. And by the time they get to the next day, they won't be dealing with two pirate ships. They'd only be dealing with one because the merchant vessel will have sailed off. So what do I think is going to be successful? What do I think is going to be a bit challenging during this session? I think the encounter with the living vines is going to be very successful. I, I think it's somewhat unique. I, I like the way I was able to set it up within the battle map. I don't think it's going to be so deadly as to become a real problem for first level characters to handle, but I think it'll represent a big tactical challenge for them because it'll be a very slow moving enemy who's hard to really take out. I think there's going to be some potentially some effort expent on taking out these corpses, but the corpses are really no threat at all. The threat is the vines themselves. It could be that someone tries to move past the vines and gets entangled by them. We'll have to see how that shakes out. But like I said, I also have this safety valve of bringing in the other pirates searching for them who could help to distract the vines to some degree and potentially give the party an opportunity to break away. I think that whole encounter right up front is going to be exciting and interesting, a little different non-standard, which is kind of what you want, especially with a bunch of players who I think have a lot of experience with the game. And then from there, that pivots into a couple of these other decision points. And that's the other part that I think is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be cool to see them try to work out, based on how that encounter goes and how the dice land, what's their next move? Are they actually going to try to break for the water, or are they going to have to retreat and fall back into the deadly, dangerous jungle? What I think is a potential problem here is they could decide to take on something they can't handle. There's quite a bit in here that is far beyond the party's capability of, of, of managing. At the top of the list is deeper in the jungle. They can pull back in the jungle and still not be overwhelmed, but if they go much farther into the jungle itself, they're going to begin to encounter things that they simply are not able to handle at first level. Why would I maintain that? If they decide to go that way, why wouldn't I make it a little more level appropriate and, and let them manage their way through it? And I think for me, the answer is, again, these are not rookie players. These are somewhat experienced players. I've done a very good job of telegraphing how dangerous this jungle is. I feel like I, I want to maintain that. I think once they encountered one or two things, they might find themselves with a player down or so, and then they might pull out, but it, it, that may have irrevocable impact on the campaign itself. I doubt we'll get there though. The other thing is if they decide to really go straight at the pirates or if they get spotted by the pirates during their attempt to escape in the canoe. That'll put us in a very strange spot. I have a feeling that'll mean they get captured by the pirates. And that's okay too. I've set up Nupo as Captain Nupo as a character that can be somewhat negotiated with. I think uh, Mike, the player handling the dwarf Constantine, who would be under the most immediate and direct threat, is savvy enough to at least negotiate something from there. And then I'd have to improvise. It probably stands as the area that I would have to improvise the hardest at to get it right and to have it not feel like the party was just being overwhelmed. 
So what am I creating from a game standpoint in terms of hard preparation to be ready for this session? Quite a bit, actually. Like I said, I've already set up a, a fairly large encounter map for the jungle piece that's going to kick this off. I've had to do some prep preparatory thought about that flashback scene I'm going to have in the beginning. I have maps and a series of encounter for if they go down into the well and engage with or try to hide out in the cavern system down there. From last time, I already have maps set up for the ship. Should it, the pirate ships, should we get down to that? I'm going to have to do some thought about another merchant vessel that they can potentially run into if they manage to escape out to the open water and get into the, uh, the I guess, the trade lanes and get picked up by another boat. I'll have to think up some NPCs they could potentially interact with there. And I think I'm at the point where, depending on how long the session is and how good the characters are about solving their problems, I may be in a position where we get to Outpost 9 and they'd want to actually have some interactions there. So I'm going to have to do some prep for that as well. That's the kind of prep that won't go to waste because regardless, we're ultimately going to get there and I'm going to want to have that material on hand. For me, this isn't wildly onerous. There's a whole bunch of maps and stuff I already have access to. I'm pretty good about pulling out critters on the fly to, to throw at the party. And I'm hoping there's going to be a, a settling of the group dynamic where they start to work together to solve problems and spend some time kind of interacting with each other. And that's what I hope is going to be kind of the centerpiece. The decision they have to make in terms of exactly which way they're going to go. I think the encounter with the vines is going to really lead us into a couple of different avenues depending on how the dice go there. I think if we're lucky and they do pretty good with their stealth checks, they might be able to get off the island pretty quickly in the session. But it could be that the dice are really against them, and then we find ourselves with a little bit more of a pirate encounter. So for the most part, there's different nuanced things I have to think about and get myself mentally prepared for. For the most part, physical material, quote-unquote physical material I need in terms of maps and adversaries and things of that nature have already been set up, or I've done the work already ahead of even recording this audio journal. And that's it for getting ready for session two. The one thing that I want to make note of before I sign off here is that there is a methodology for creating fronts and different things, adversarial things that are building in your campaign. It's uh, a lot of great design work inside the Dungeon World campaign, which you may recall I tapped into for character creation a little bit. But this is something that really helps to set the stage for, for broader uh, things that are happening in the campaign. If you're familiar with that game and that system, you'll know they say you really shouldn't do any of that until after you've had the first session. Now, I've already had one session, but I don't feel I got enough stuff from it so that I could go and do that. I'm certainly going to do it. I'm going to set up these fronts. It's kind of things that are building. I think there's a couple of conflicts within the Thieves Guild. There's certainly elements from some of the characters' backstory I'm going to be pulling in. My hope is that after session two, I'm going to be able to have enough information to start to sketch some of those things out, and they'll be the, the main thing I can draw upon to help set this party onto their primary adventure. Remember, what they're dealing with here is really not supposed to be the big main event. This is more just the introduction to the characters, how they came together, how they know each other, the, the cauldron upon which this fellowship was built.
This has been Anatomy of a Campaign. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing, throwing us a review, or sharing with your other gamer friends. Thanks for listening.